0: This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars,
1: including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News.
2: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast.
1: Nicola Everett.
0: Hello, hope you're OK. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Monday, March the 7th, and our top story today is that a man's died after being found unresponsive on a road in Medway. Police and paramedics were called to Kingfisher Drive in Walder early yesterday morning and discovered the 27-year-old. Officers have told the Kent Online podcast that his next of kin have been informed and the death is currently being treated as unexplained. Well, inquiries are continuing and yesterday half the road was cordoned off for several hours. In fact, you can see pictures from the scene at Kent Online. One man living within that cordon told the Kent Online podcast that police had asked to see the CCTV at his home. He said they watched the footage and saw someone staggering down the pavement with no top on at around 3.20 a.m. The witness added, He fell into my van and then disappeared onto the grass verge about 30 feet down the road. At about 4.20am, he's lying on the floor and at 5.10am, the first response team came down. Well, we will, of course, keep you updated on those investigations and any further developments. Elsewhere today, the car park of a village hall in North Kent has been taped off following reports of a sex attack. Police were called to Horton Road in South Darrenth in the early hours of yesterday. A forensics van was also spotted at the scene and officers have confirmed an investigation is underway. Now, taxi drivers... Drivers in Canterbury have been telling the podcast they fear for their futures, ahead of a ban on so-called polluting vehicles. The council's planning to phase out diesel and petrol cars from this summer as it pushes towards having only electric cabs by 2030. But many say the greener vehicles just aren't affordable and don't have the range needed to complete journeys they'd normally do each day. Abby Hussein has been speaking to our reporter, Brad.
3: At the moment, the new measures are a little bit too early for taxi drivers, maybe three to five years, because the um, the batteries are not giving us the mileage that we need on our taxis. That's the impact it will have directly on us. And um, what impact do you think this is going to have on cab drivers over the next few years? The impact it's going to have is that people are going to have to buy cars that they can't afford. This infrastructure in Canterbury, let alone the country, It's not ready. We don't have enough charging points in Canterbury alone. If 15 people bought electric taxis, there's not even 15 charging points. So what would we do then? We'd be queuing up for hours on end trying
4: to charge our cars. You spoke to me about looking at um, some taxis that you can switch um, yours to. Talk me through you personally. My
3: taxi here is an eight seater. The only eight-seater that they're making at present is £73,500. But there's no mileage in it. We can't... It doesn't do the mileage. I would have to come and maybe charge two or three times a day because the range is very poor, maybe 127 miles on, on one charge, which is nowhere near enough for a taxi driver.
4: And how is this going to impact your livelihood?
3: Um, if I can't get the correct car, it will most probably put me either on the dole or I'd have to drive a completely different car and my work is not about that so it would impact me severely.
0: Well, as far as charting points are concerned, there are currently two at both the Canterbury Lane and St George's Lane taxi ranks and another in the Maynard Road car park for private hire vehicles. So what's the council had to say about all of this and, well, they've given us this statement.
3: Tackling climate change and cutting pollution to improve air quality around the district are key priorities for the council and requiring taxi drivers to do their bit as quickly as possible is really important. We listened carefully to the taxi trade when introducing this policy and promised to keep it under constant review because it depended on charging points being in place and how advanced electric vehicles had become by the time it was due to be implemented, especially how far they could travel on a single charge. We are already considering whether the timetable needs amending in light of all of these factors. If licence holders have a clear view on a timetable they can deliver on, we would be keen to hear from them. This is an issue that is not going away, so we need to work together to tackle it head on.
0: Kent Online News. It's emerged a patient at a Kent hospital died while nurses sat outside his room because the alarm volume on a piece of equipment wasn't turned up. An inquest has heard 65-year-old Christopher Osland suffered a cardiac arrest two days after being admitted to the Kent and Canterbury Hospital following a stroke last March. East Kent NHS Trust blames the death on a lack of training around the new machine that monitored the system in his room and says changes have been made to stop it happening again. A man's had his car stolen at knife point in Snodland. It happened at the Shell Garage on Morling Road in the early hours of Friday. Police say a white Fiat Punto was taken and are appealing for information. A Kent teenager who was sexually assaulted is calling for Victims to be better supported. She claims to have been kept in the dark about her case for three years, although Kent police dispute that and say the victim and her family were regularly contacted and updated. Jake Milner Homewood from Castle Street in Dover has been jailed for attacking her after she had too much to drink, something which she says happens too often to young women. DCI Nicola Ross is from the East Kent Vulnerability Investigation team and she says that Kent police puts victims at the heart of everything they. do And takes any concerns about their experiences of the justice system seriously. Offences of a sexual nature are among the most sensitive they have to deal with and are often traumatic for victims to discuss, so they always work to minimise the impact of them as much as possible. There are concerns today about supplies for Ukraine being delayed from leaving the UK due to customs red tape. A London-based charity says three of its vans, loaded with sleeping bags, nappies and sanitary items for refugees, were stuck in Dover for two days due to paperwork issues. They say post-Brexit rules for moving donations into the European Union are confusing and unclear. Well, as the conflict continues following the invasion by Russia, more aid has been leaving Kent. Workers at a building company, in Dartford, received thousands of pounds worth of donations and set off over the weekend to deliver them in Poland. Dartford Valley Rugby Club paired with Callisto Construction to accept clothes, sleeping bags, and medicine. They filled vans and took them to the Ukrainian border. Phileas Dumarcus and Bramwell Martin took the aid across Europe.
4: Back in 1991, they helped us, they supported us, and um, and yes, uh, I thought that that must be like a day to pay back. Uh, transport is a big issue, and once I'll be back, I'll be trying to raise monies. And my, my first idea was that I'll be I'll be single man with a single van, maybe half of the loads, and that that was my dream really. I, I thought like if I can fill up the van, that, that is what, I'm, what I want. And now I've got two vans already filled up. I've got another one being filled up later on then that's mad that's mad I've never even imagined that it's just the entire world is coming together and helping <laughs> I can't really explain how I feel because I don't I don't really understand how I feel myself now and uh, one minute I'm happy another minute I'm emotional and the third minute I'm stressed how I'm gonna manage it <laughs> the things that we've got in the, uh, in the UK um, power with significance when you see the plight of the ukrainian people and what's happening there Um, we run a family construction business we build people's dreams and um, we have a number of lithuanian and ukrainian people that work for us with major links to the country um, and as such uh, when we were approached by one of our employees if we could support we Offered what we could. We've offered vehicles, um, people to drive, and um, we're going in convoy out to the Ukrainian border into Poland. Where we've linked up with an NGO out there and we're going to be um, trying to provide what we can. Um, it's a very uh, important thing to the Lithuanian people because the Ukraine supported them when they struggled for independence in 1991 against the USSR. And as such, um, they feel that they want to do their bit um, and pay pay it back to the Ukrainian people. Thanks. The response has been amazing, overwhelming. We we couldn't take another thing if we if we if we tried. Um, and I would just say keep keep the response up to the people. Um, but we, we now, now we've got support with other uh, organisations in the UK that were launched yesterday. Uh, there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of more aid coming their way.
0: And we've also set up a Facebook group where you can let us know about details on any collections going on near you or you can find out where you can donate aid. Just search for Kent United for Ukraine. Please follow and do share. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Women's safety campaigners have marched in Ashford a year on from the death of Sarah Everard. The 33 year old's body was found in Woodland in the town a week after she was kidnapped by former Met Police Officer Wayne Cousins from Deal. Dozens of people joined the Reclaim the Streets event in the town centre yesterday. The Bishop of Dover was among those to speak to the crowd. And you can see KMTV's video report on this story on Kent tonight, live from 5.30. A story from Medway now, where a mum has launched a fundraising campaign to carry out research into drugs that might improve her baby's life. Leo was born last March with an incurable genetic condition that affects the brain, nervous system and muscles. Lucinda Andrews from Lordswood says it's so rare, only 16 people in the world have been officially diagnosed. Well, she's now working with a biotech company in California to develop a treatment that could help him walk and talk. But it costs more than £200,000.
5: It's an unforeseen genetic disorder. Um, We only really realised that it was an issue a few hours after Amelia was born. This part of his brain is underdeveloped um, and the gene itself is not producing enough of a certain protein. And then the lack of that protein is what was causing him to, to present himself the way. He He has difficulty moving, he has weak muscles, but basically the condition that he has is a deteriorating condition, so how he presents himself today, he's only going to get worse over time. There's like 10,000 drugs that already exist, whether it's like prescription, over-the-counter medicines, and what they are going to investigate is whether any of the drugs, like it could be from like dogworm tablets to heartburn medication, or paracetamol, and it's they're going to test his condition against all of these other drugs to see whether something can be repurposed that could potentially help him.
0: Next today, in a Kent charity that supports parents who've experienced baby loss are getting ready to open their first shop. Making Miracles are launching the store in the mall in Maidstone and say all profits will fund the services they provide including counselling. Unlike some charity shops though, it'll only stock new items that have been made by crafters. I've been speaking to Kelly Wells, who's the charity founder.
1: It's something we've wanted to do for so long but because of things like COVID and obviously the over heads that a, a new shop would bring um, it's been we needed to do it at the right time and we feel like the right time is now so we're really excited to be opening on april the 1st um, april's all, also our um, birthday month and our awareness month for the charity so it's absolutely perfect timing
0: yeah definitely and how would this help you with your fundraising because as you say for an awful lot of charities it's been a really difficult time hasn't it over the past two years
1: Yes, it's been really difficult. Um, We made um, quite a lot of our money from our community stalls. Uh, We have a lot of volunteers that knit for us, craft for us, make lovely, beautiful baby items for us. And normally, in a non-COVID world, we would have stalls out in the community, in hospitals, in shopping centres, selling out our goods, and that would be a really, you know, healthy income for us as part of our fundraising. However, COVID then hit. We lost that platform to be able to sell. We couldn't have any interaction with the public or with our knitters. Our knitters, bless them, carried on um, whilst COVID was going on. So the stock was getting built up um and we just didn't have an outlet to get it out there and these items are so beautiful and they're one-off they're handmade with so much love and care um so really the shop is a perfect front for us to be able to get all of that together and obviously um fundraise for the charity because every penny that we make will obviously go straight back into our services and for the parents who've uh...
0: Had to use your charity over the past couple of years. Yeah. How difficult has it been for them? Because we've we've all had to isolate. But I should think somebody going through a particularly difficult time like those parents m- must have felt even more isolated than they would have ordinarily done.
1: Yes, we've um we've really noticed the the change in um, topics that come up. We have just we're, last night was our third session of our new face to face support group because obviously up until now we haven't been able to be with people. Um, In a large group. Um, We've mainly done it online, but a lot of the topics coming up in that support group were not obviously because, not just because of the loss of the child, because obviously that's devastating enough, but it's the trauma that a lot of these mums had to be dropped in the car park and go in and do it on their own. And the dads are frustrated and isolated, sat waiting, unable to support their loved one um, in the worst time that they could possibly have together as a couple and not actually be together as a couple. So, COVID has a lot to answer for in that grief process. And it takes, I think it's taken a bit longer Than maybe what it would have out of COVID to actually come to that acceptance and come to terms with what's what's actually happened to them.
0: Handmade with Love opens on April the 1st, and you can head to the Making Miracles Facebook page to find out about volunteering opportunities and also becoming one of the charity's trustees.
2: Kent Online reports.
0: A dolphin's been rescued after getting stranded in shallow water in Faversham. At Kent Online, you can see pictures of specialist firefighters who were called to flood lane yesterday morning. They were joined by ex from the British Divers Marine Life Rescue and managed to release the mammal back into the wild at Hearty Ferry. A popular pub near Canterbury is set to reopen after being closed for 18 months. The Tyler's Kiln in Tyler Hill has been shut since November 2020 and there had been concerns it would be sold or turned into student accommodation but it's welcoming customers again later this week. Prue Leith's going to be in Kent tonight chatting about her career as a chef restaurant owner and of course a bake-off judge. She'll be at the Goldbank in the theatre in Canterbury to be quizzed by TV's Gavin Esler and the audience. At Kent Online, you can see pictures and video from Margate, where Sam Mendes is continuing to film his new movie. Olivia Colman and Colin Firth star in Empire of Light, which has seen Dreamland's cinema renamed. The seafront's also become a winter wonderland for the production, which will be in the town for several more weeks. Meantime, Kent's set to be on the small screen this week. Scenes for Our House were shot on the Isle of Sheppey last September. The four part thriller stars line of Duty's Martin Compston and is on ITV from tonight. And it's a fourth week at number one for George Ezra's Anyone For You on the Kent Top 40 with Alex and Numi on our sister radio station KMFM. Charlie XEX stays at number two while Charlie Puth's new single Light Switch moves two places to number three.
2: Kent Online Sports.
0: Football, and it was a disappointing weekend for Gillingham as they failed to make it back to back wins in League One after beating Lincoln City last time out. They suffered a heavy 3-0 defeat to Bolton Wanderers. Manager Neil Harris spoke to us after the final whistle.
2: I thought they, they got themselves in front. It was a really, really good goal. 25 yard in the top corner. You know, you can't, you can't stop them. But they could have been in front before that, to be honest. We had chances. Um, I thought their build-up play was excellent. I thought they, they, took, they played a bit of risk and reward with the ball, committed people forward. Um, but they played extremely well and got into really good areas. Um, I just thought today maybe our levels were slightly off. Got to look at look at why look at the training week. We worked hard this week, maybe too hard, um, but we, we just got things wrong tactically as well. We, we're without the ball, um, and then you know, they, they just, as good teams do, they find a way to hurt you. And going in at halftime, you know, we regroup, change, change the shape slightly. And I thought second half we come out, and we, we looked a lot better, um, a lot, a lot more coherent as a team and. Uh, no issue. I thought uh, we were the stronger side going into going into before the red card. Um, and obviously that completely changes the, uh, the, the complexion of the game after that. Any complaints with either of the yellow cards for Dan Phillips? Uh, no, um, no I, I don't think so. The only question was uh, leading up to the first yellow card was the ball out? Was the ball, I, I thought it was right in front of me. I thought the ball was out. But look, that's, that's gone. It's, it's a late challenge. It's a yellow card. Second one, um, second one disappointment for me is Dan gets booked for a second yellow card. Uh, uh, is it coming together? Is it stopping progress? Possibly. You know, I, can't, I can't, probably can't argue that. Um, but what I can argue is just before that, leading up to it, we've got a corner. First contact, Sal's. Second contact, Villadayne heads it when Jack's about to volley it. Jack's learning curve as a youngster is he has to shout for the ball. If he shouts for the ball, Villadayne moves out of the way, Jack. Where's it go? The ball doesn't end up down our end of the pitch and, and a yellow car for Dan Phillips. So, um, what i will say to dan phillips i said to him in the change in front of the players that's his third red card of the season for a second book of offense he's a young man he's, as we can see he's an extremely talented player and i really enjoy working with him but he has to earn the trust of people, and that's going to be a big ban for him now, unfortunately.
0: The Jills are still three points from safety in League One, and they travel to take on Doncaster Rovers on Saturday. And it's been a frustrating couple of days for Canterbury's Millie Knight at the Winter Paralympics in Beijing. She's admitted her busy schedule caught up with her after finishing fourth for the second time in as many days. The visually impaired skier missed out on a medal in the super-combined event with guide Brett Wilde. She says she surprised herself by winning bronze on day one, but fatigue eventually got the better of her. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe.
2: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast.
0: This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group